very, very good morning. It's a very great privilege to be here. Thank you, Yohandre. Thank you, Ray. Um, very good to see you, Sandeep and Taran. Before Sandeep was in Bahrain, he was many years in the Doha Fellowship. He served there very, very faithfully and crying out for a wife and he moved here and he met the most beautiful lady. It's an amazing story. It's good to see you guys. God bless you. Eh? And, uh, God's not finished with you, Sandeep. It's not finished. Eh? It's not finished. Keep your eyes fixed. It's not finished. You're an amazing man. Amazing family. And you're an amazing lady. God bless you. Not finished with you, eh? My word. It's lovely to see Dan and Nicole too. Good morning, sir and madam. Just much respect. Really uh, lovely to see you. Uh, so thank you for the privilege of sharing. Uh, I, I would like to talk this morning. Um, thank you, Yohanda. I'd like to talk this morning um, about rebellion and commitment. Rebellion and commitment. And uh, talking this morning about the people of God generally, those people that uh, say they follow Jesus Christ. I want to talk this morning about rebellion and commitment. And uh, God Almighty is encouraging people, uh, wanting people, talking about to believers now, to lay down their rebellion against him. And we will look at a few things. It's not to bring any condemnation. This is from the Word of God. It's for our benefit. And let me just preface what I'm saying. I think probably every time I'm here, wherever I am, I say this. It first applies to me. I'm the person speaking. It's absolutely terrifying. So please don't close your hearts to God and don't close your hearts to God's Word because He loves you. And this message is because He loves us and He wants us to grow in Him and in the call of God on your life. But are you ready to lay down your life? Are you ready to love and serve God more deeply, more thoroughly, more completely? I am. I am frustrated where I am. And I mean, that's not bad, but I know there's more. There's more for each one of us. Are you ready and desiring in your heart of hearts to live in full submission to God? God is calling. Let's quickly, we're going to look at a few scriptures, so just bear with me as we go. We're going to look at um, Exodus 3, verse 14. Exodus 3, 14. Exodus 3, 14 and 15. Uh, God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And, and say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. God's name is I am. That is his name. I am that I am. And from there, we haven't got time to talk about it, but we get the name, the Lord or Yahweh. 
Let's go to the New Testament quickly. John 8, 58. John 8, 58. Jesus said to them, John chapter 8, verse 58. And thank you for the water, Yohandra. I really appreciate it. John 8, 58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, <coughs> excuse me, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is saying a remarkable thing there. John 8, 24 to 25. John chapter 8, 24 to 25. Jesus is saying, I told you that I would, you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Wow. Jesus is the I am. Of course, because he's God the Son. I am. Jesus saying, I am the I am. As well as saying, of course, that he is the Messiah and the one sent by the Father. God becomes my God or your God if I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Let's just quickly read. Matthew, uh, sorry, Romans 10, 9 to 11. Romans 10, 9 to 11. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Believing in God, the I am. The I am comes to live in us. The moment we're born again, when our spirit becomes born again by the Spirit of God. We're no longer dead men, women walking. We are alive. The I am, God Almighty, from the beginning in us. And we have this relationship with him. God wants to remind us that he is the I am. But now, that was just as an introduction. I want to talk about rebellion. Just bear with me, rebellion. Remember, we took God is the I am. The government of God is without end and without ceasing. And it's on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. God. God created the world. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, the triune God, the one God, three persons created this whole world. The government of God reigns in the whole world. If we accept Jesus, redemption back to knowing God. Rebellion. I want to talk about rebellion. What is the root of all war, all unrest, all unrest, all the evil and the wickedness we see around us, and even in our lives, in families, societies, nations, governments, etc. It is the root of it is rebellion. Everything we see going on around us in the world is a result of, of a rebellion against God, against the righteous government of God is the root of rebellion. The war of independence started in heaven, as we know, when Lucifer thought, ah, I am going to rebel against God because I can be like God. I can actually do a better job than him. I am going to rebel. The root of all rebellion stems from there. He was cast down to earth. The reason that you and I are born in rebellion, that's why we need to be saved, is because Adam and Eve, the result of sin and rebellion in their lives. 
the root of all of the problems, our problems and the problems in the world is sin and the sin, the, the outworking of sin is rebellion against God. So please remember today, God wants to say to you, he's saying, I love you, each one of you. You're precious and important. This is not to condemn. This is not, this is not even a hard message. It's a message of love. God wants to remind us where do we stand. And actually, in my heart, in my life, is there any rebellion against God? So please, just bear with me. Our world is full of rebels and rebellion. In introducing the gospel of Jesus Christ to man, the introduction of the gospel of Christ to man through John the Baptist, he said this, just for sake of brevity, I'm going to read it, but it's very significant. Matthew 3 and verse 10. He was talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees. And Matthew said, in Matthew, sorry, Jesus said in Matthew 3.10, even now, the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's the introduction to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The contemporary gospel that we listen to and many of us have been sitting under, not in this church but in churches, does not go far enough in dealing with rebellion. God is saying the axe is at the root of the tree. God says, I want to deal with the root of the problem in people's lives, the sin, and that sin is rebellion against God. But often we forget that or we don't realize that. Or we've never been taught that. We might be surprised I have to say I am not because I have the privilege and I've been around a little while. But we might be surprised to discover how many members of churches have never made true a true submission to God, Christ as Lord and Savior. They might have said the sinner's prayer and remember, please, I'm not criticizing. Please listen to the heart of this. It's not a criticism because this will set us free. But it's amazing how many people in churches are actually not fully submitted to God. Rebellion in lifestyle church, churches, uh, sorry, choices, compromise. It's okay to do this. God doesn't mind. It's okay. It's okay to sin a little bit. It's okay. God doesn't mind. It's okay, whatever it is. Excuse. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I sleep with my girlfriend. Whatever it is, the choices we make, it does matter. Most people in churches are not fully prepared to go the whole way with God. Many people in churches say, and it's a theological issue, we haven't got time to talk about it now, but it's a practical issue. Many people say, oh, it's okay if I don't tithe and offer. It's okay. It's directly rebellious to God. I'm not trying to 
excite people, get them angry. But it's rebellion to God because we are commanded. There's a blessing with the command. People hold on to their finances. People's finances aren't fully submitted to God. And there'll be people in here like that. But God is gracious. He gives us lots of times and lots of ways of explaining. But he expects us to actually walk in obedience. The opposite of rebellion is obedience or commitment to God. Rebellion in parents that refuse to teach children the way they should go. They leave it up to teachers. And they leave it up to governments, depending on the country you live in. They leave it up to doctors or whoever it is, social workers. It's direct rebellion to God. We haven't got time to look at Deuteronomy 6 and verse 7. Rebellion between husbands and wives, where husbands will not actually lay their life down for their wife as Christ laid his life down for the church, etc. And so wives get embittered or have got a bad attitude and they will not submit to the husband. It is rebellion against God's government. You cannot be blessed. You cannot be blessed. You cannot be blessed. You cannot be blessed by God if you're in rebellion to him. Rebellion, children against parents because they're not disciplined or loved and disciplined and, and not exhorted and time spent with them explaining. Maybe it's not true in this church, but many, many people I meet. Rebellion against teachers by children. Maybe not the same here, but in much of the world. Maybe it is the same here. But also rebellion in the local churches where the people in the local church rebel against the God-given eldership because they think they know best. They think you can come and go when you want, you can get up in the middle of a meeting and do what you want, you can just rebellion against the order of God in the life of the church, against the God-ordained eldership in the life of the church. Rebellion. Matthew 6, chapters 9 to 10. Uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 10. I'm sorry. Jesus said, we learn this if we ever been in Sunday school as kids or wherever we ever first heard the word of God. Matthew chapter 6, 9 and 10. Jesus saying, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. These few phrases should define our attitude and our lifestyle. Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. He's, that's how we are to pray. Hallowed be your name. An inward, consecrated, set apart, honoring, reverential fear and respect of the I am who is the I am, God Almighty, hallowed be your name. Everything in us, setting God apart as holy throughout the day. Every God, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Ha. Your will be done. This is challenging for me almost every day. I, not rules or religion or regulations, but I order myself, God, am I honoring your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
What am I doing? Are you doing? And every decision that we make, everything we think, everything we say, is it benefiting the coming of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Or actually, is it, I'll keep a little bit for myself, I might understand that as intellectually true, but how am I living my life? No, I don't want to do that. That's too painful to do everything and think everything so it benefits the kingdom coming on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Everything in our action lifestyle should reflect that I'm aligning myself with setting apart the name of God and doing everything I can and every decision or thought that it aids the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. It's radical. It's radical that John the Baptist says the axe is at the root of the tree. It's radical. The problem is sin and rebellion right from the beginning before the beginning as we've said with Lucifer with Satan and he is in control that's why there's so much rebellion and so much hatred and anger in the world etc your will be done God's will be done not my will be done so many of us say me too ha no my will be done well when I start to say that then I'm actually finding myself eventually opposing God. Of course there's grace, and of course there's patience, and of course there's love of God, and he understands our weaknesses. It says in Hebrews, that's why we can boldly come before the throne of grace, ask for mercy, and find grace. Confess where we're wrong, come before the throne. Oh God, I've done it again, I'm wrong. My attitude is wrong, forgive me. Bang, forgiven, no condemnation, free. So okay, my child, try again. I love you. This is not to condemn, this is to hopefully make us think, how are we living our life for God today? Am I, in any essence of me, is there anything in me that's rebellious? Your will be done. I have to, you have to, submit ourselves unreservedly to doing God's will on earth. Because that's what Jesus Christ did, that's what we're called to do. problem is this. In churches, there are polite people, there are respectful people, there are dignified people, there are professional people, they are law-abiding people, for the most part in church. Many are charming, many appear to be model citizens in the world. They attend church, but they are a rebel. They're rebellious to God. Because they want to live their life for themselves, and they found their own code of living, and they live by that, but actually they're in rebellion to God because they're not fully submitted to God and His ways with all of their heart and all of their soul and all of their mind. It's an independence from God, wanting the benefits of God and being a believer, but walking in independence. So if that's you or me this morning, then you are a rebel, and so am I. This is what I've discovered in my life when I'm rebellious and in the lives of many, many, many believers. 
Many believers never have. Please don't don't show your heart off to God. Many believers never have a deep, settled peace. They never have a deep, settled sense of identity of who they are in Christ. They never have this permanent kind of peace and space around them and grace. They never have this kind of pace of God where they're not kind of unruffled. Just please let's look at Isaiah chapter 57. 19 to 21. I'm just going to read quickly. Isaiah 57, 19 to 21. 19 to 21. Creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Remember, this is not to condemn, this is to encourage us. The only way that you and I, let's start with me, me and you, can have peace, and that deep settled peace, permanent peace, that place is if I am walking in total submission to Jesus Christ. And when there's a moment every day, which happens several times a day, when there's rebellion in my life, I immediately recognize it, or as soon as possible recognize it, God, God. God, my attitude was wrong. It's not religion. It's walking with the Holy Spirit. He works with us. If we're not at peace, if, we're, if, we, if we, ha- we have our own way and we keep things back for ourselves, we will always be in turmoil. Our sea will be restless and tossed and troubled. way to know how you're doing is if you have deep-rooted peace in your heart. And the reason it's so elusive to so many of us, and me at times too, is because there's rebellion in my life. I've kept something back for me. And the world just bombards us with every reason why we keep things back for ourselves. Materialism. Go on, go on. But please listen. I believe with all my heart, because I know God is dealing with me, So, and everything that I, everything in me, there's a showdown coming between God and his people. God wants to be God in our lives. He made the way through Jesus Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The benefits of living a life of Christ in us and acknowledging that and living like that are stupendous and everlasting. And the result to anointing, fruitfulness, blessing, peace through the hardest times. I haven't got time to look at the scripture, but Paul's saying, I was content in calamities and disasters and things because he had learned this. Same for us. Life is not easy. So what kind of people ought we to be? It's a 
okay, right? Can I keep going? Yeah, Andre? Revelation 12, at verse 11. Revelation 12 and verse 11, talking of saints, talking of us, hopefully, one of these days. And they have conquered him, that's the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. So how do we, how do, we do it? Well, how do we live this life? How do we possess eternal life? How do we live victoriously on earth? Because they conquered by his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross, and appropriating that through accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, and by the word of their testimony, of the truth of who Christ is in my life or your life, the hope of glory, the mystery of the gospel, hope of glory living forever in eternity with Christ because we're under his blood and because they love not their lives even unto death. So it is more important, this is the word of God, okay? It is more important to do the will of God than to stay alive. That's what this scripture means. It's more important to be in submission to God and to do his will, that means total surrender than to stay alive. Complete, we learn it. It's not immediate thing. Please don't think today this, tomorrow that. It's a process of becoming more like Jesus. That's why God is so gracious. But it's learning complete submission to the great I am, to God Almighty. There's things in my life that I'm discovering now that I didn't realize I was holding back. So please don't think this is like one moment. One moment starts it, but it's a lifetime of walking with the Holy Spirit. And as he shows us things, we make adjustments in our lives. And we allow him to speak to us about our attitudes, our things, our grief, whatever it is, selfishness, addictions, the use of our time, talents, So, confronted by a situation in which we have to do the will of God and might cost us our life. That's total submission. That's, that's the people that will be in heaven. The gospel isn't just come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. Say a prayer. It's okay. No, no. Walking and learning to walk in absolute, total submission in intimacy and obedience with God. And Christ makes the way. And the blessing from that is contentment in every situation and every disaster and fruitfulness and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in everything we do and we say in our secular work, in our church work, in our families. God breaks out and breaks through by his power of the Holy Spirit in all that we do, in all that we say, 
in what we see and how we behave and how we look at people and we walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the first of that is love. So out of the overflow of love of God in our hearts, we start to share the gospel with others and peace and joy. Kindness, long-suffering, etc. But it costs us everything. We need to be committed. Galatians 5.16 But I say walk by the Spirit. We can only walk by the Spirit if we are in submission to the Holy Spirit, to God or learning to do that and confessing our sins when we have a skid mark. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident, etc. We know Jesus said, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So it's not a once a week, once a moment thing just coming to church. It's daily denying ourselves following him and I'm reading from Luke 9 23 and 24 whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it that is radical that's Jesus that's the kingdom of God that's the government of God the people that live like this or striving, desiring, not striving in the wilderness, but desiring with all their hearts to live like this, walk into the things of the kingdom. And then peace and joy and things just break out in communities and in churches and in neighborhoods because it's the grace of God just being flowing through the people committed another couple of things Jesus Christ does not promise an easy path in life there's so much in the world of the me mentality entitlement there's so much that it should be me, I, it should be my, whatever these, the, the woke, all these things, I'm not trying to talk politics, but in all of us, creepingly, there's an entitlement mentality if we allow it in. Jesus said you're not entitled to anything if you live in the world. Jesus said, Matthew 7, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few ah it's terrifying Godly fear, I mean not terrified, fear of God, the seriousness which God takes his word and his kingdom and his rule and the expectation he has upon us 
to obey him. And he makes it all possible through salvation and knowing Jesus. I am the way and the truth and life. Only through Christ we come to God. Through faith, revelation of the Holy Spirit, and faith that Jesus is the way. He makes it all possible. We live in the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not works, it's not religion, it's not rules and regulations. It's all the grace and the goodness and the kindness of God. But yet he expects us to make a decision daily that this is it, I'm going to. So what does that look like? Well, that looks like at some point during your day of spending time with God and being realigned by reading the word and by prayer. And if you pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And if you worship, which we all should, we worship. Sacrifice of praise. So get in line and, and, and find the heart of God. And get in touch with him every day. Ooh, there you are, God. Thank you. I can face the day. The narrow way may be difficult and few make it. But the easy way, it says, is the way to destruction. Everlasting separation from God in hell when we die and the destruction of our lives and our families on earth and our finances and all of those things where we just somehow we come to church every week and do things, but actually we just don't see the blessing of God in our life or financial breakthrough or provision or peace. being hard, I promise you, because it breaks my heart, because I see it everywhere, everywhere I go. But the key to changing it is to stop being a rebel and actually surrender and submit to God. So many people get saved into the church by saying it's just going to be just blessing and benefit in the Christian life and prosperity gospel and those things God wants to remind us that is not true sure God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing and he wants to give the desires of our hearts and he wants to love us and he wants to love our children he wants to help us he wants, it's the whole power of heaven behind us in our workplaces the favor of God the unfairness in the sense of God on favor on God's people in the world. Just amazing, amazing kindness of God, the love of God, the power, an unbelievably extraordinary hand of God in people's lives. But if you look at those people that have been blessed, it's because they've chosen to surrender to Jesus and surrender to God and to stop rebelling against God's government. Paul on his way to Rome by ship committed he was committed to taking committed to the responsibility of taking the gospel to Rome and to the Gentile world. What a responsibility. We all are given these responsibilities by God, different but huge responsibilities by God. Paul was committed to working out his calling, even though he knew or was aware it was going to cost him his life.
Let's just read, please, Acts chapter 27, 21 to 23. Acts 27, 21 to 23. And this is when they're in the middle of the storm on the ship and all of those things. An extraordinary adventure. The most amazing adventures we have serving God. Acts 27, 21 to 23. Then as they'd eaten nothing for a long time, Paul came forward into their midst and said, Men, you should have listened to me and should not have put to sea from Crete and brought on this disaster and harm and misery and loss. But even now I beg you to be in good spirits and take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Full stop. For this very night there stood before me, stood by my side, an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve and worship. Paul, going through his daily walk with Jesus, on mission with Christ, to do God's work on earth, which is each one of us is called to do, he said this, for this very, in the middle of calamity and danger, potential death, he said this, for this very night there stood by my side an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve and worship. This is absolutely crucial. Two phrases that describe Paul's relationship to God and should describe my relationship to God, to whom I belong and whom I serve and worship. I only belong to God if I am saved. If Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I have no right to serve him if I don't belong to him. But also, if I belong to him, I must serve him and worship him. You can't have one or the other. Many people say they're saved, but actually don't serve him. Many people say, I belong to God, but they don't serve him. They say, God, yeah, I believe you, my Lord and Savior. But they have not said, I am available to serve you wherever you want me to go in whatever circumstances I might find myself in. This is enormous. It is enormous. Please don't be angry with God. You can be angry with me, but please Please know that this is the mandate, is to belong, but in belonging, I serve and worship him. So it's that thing of whatever needs to happen in the life of the church, start by serving. And then as you serve, this is an amazing service, this man and his wife. But as you serve and you do, and you, you'll find out what you like to do. I've said this many times. And you find out what God's calling you to do. Get here earlier. Just If there's nothing to do, do something. Because if I belong, I serve. If I don't serve, I'm I saved.
because if you're saved and you don't serve, you're going to be in turmoil and no peace. Because you're in rebellion. Tim, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. <laughs> it's amazing, Paul. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed to him to this day. Can I just read that again? For this reason, I also suffer these things. Paul telling and teaching his spiritual son, Timothy. Oh, just listen to me, Timothy. Listen, listen, listen. It's going to be really tough, but listen. Listen to what's happened to me. Listen, listen. God, help him. Timothy. For this reason, I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. I belong. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed, what I have served, what I have told me to do. Walking in obedience, walking in faithfulness, walking with intent, doing what God's called me to do, what I have committed to him until that day. See, the, the, <laughs> the secret of Paul's incredible life, and one of the reasons is written for us to read and to live out and to pray over, and to emulate, because we're told, anyway, I haven't got time, I don't want to sidetrack myself, but the secret of Paul's incredible life is summed up in one word, commitment. Totally submitted to God, and totally at God's disposal. He had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, sure. But if we're saved, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, I had an encounter with Jesus. I didn't get knocked off my horse or my motorbike or anything like that. But I knew, I came to the, revela the understanding of revelation that Jesus Christ is what he said he is, the Son of God who died on the cross. I knew that he was my Lord and my Savior. And I then had to repent. And I can remember exactly where I was when I repented. And I can remember exactly where I was when I said this before and I asked the Holy Spirit to fill me. I know I was standing about to go out onto the streets and share the gospel in the city that I lived in. I said, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? I know that I met Jesus. And I know when I'm in rebellion to him because I don't have peace. And I have to go back and think, what have I done? Have I been harsh with my wife? Have I been harsh with Matthew, my son? Many of you know the story with Matthew. Where am I? Am I faithful to what he's committed me to? not works it's not religion it's a choice to be committed to God and walk with the Holy Spirit of Jesus in full submission to Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and it's not me just standing up here saying that I hope I've demonstrated from God's word that it's what God expects of us. It's the, our minimum to be a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Daily sacrificing ourselves before the altar 
laying down our life every day before the throne, before the altar. And our reasonable service, just God calls it reasonable service. Yet somehow, in the lives of the churches, because there's so much pressure, and I'm not talking about this church now, there's so much pressure for the church leaders to attract people and keep people and to make it nice and comfortable that just come, it's okay. Well, it, it isn't. So what's Paul's supreme ambition? And what, what is, how does it work for you and I? Philippians 3, 13 and 14. There's great, great, great hope wherever you and I are today. It just means making choices, that's all. Please don't be condemned. It just means making a choice to go through that narrow gate or whatever it is, however you see that, that way to commitment. So what does Paul say? Because Paul was very straight. He was very tough. He was delightful, I think, very, very clever. But he offered people the solution, not just what was expected of them. He offered them the solution. And it's God's saying to us today, Philippians 3, 13, 14, brothers, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter how you came in, it's how you leave. God loves you. God wants to bless you. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye, you're the chosen. You are called, you're set apart. He wants us to realize that and to honor him and submit to him accordingly and lay down our lives if we're in rebellion. And I'm in rebellion often. Please, this is why it's terrifying standing up here. But I hope I'm learning that the moment I discover it, wherever I am, I stop. God, would you please forgive me? Would you please, God, forgive my attitude? Would you forgive my selfishness? Would you forgive my unkindness? Whatever it is that I've done. God, I could have helped that. I didn't. I'm sorry, God. I felt too tired, God. I didn't answer that phone. Whatever it is, it's not about me. It's about Jesus and him being glorified and us fulfilling our purpose of why God has put us on earth. Maybe I just want to read a prayer, if that's okay. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to pray it, but I want you to, if I may, just say this, to think about the words. And if it's for you, then say amen. I, I, I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I just want to read a prayer. And I don't know where I wrote it. I got it from. I, don't, I think I copied it from somewhere. I don't, think it, I, just, I don't know where it came from. So maybe we can just close our eyes and, and still our hearts just pause for a moment. I'm not trying to auto-suggest anything. I just want to read this, and, and that's it. But if it's you, and it's going to be me, I want to just say amen myself. Lord God, I thank you that on the cross you gave yourself for me through Christ Jesus, the Messiah. In response, I now give myself unreservedly to you to live my life in full submission to your lordship and in unreserved service to you. 
Please forgive my rebellion and independence. I repent of this, Lord, for your glory, Lord God. In Jesus Christ's name I pray.